If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Seed. Probiotics are most effective when they make it to your colon, alive. That's why Seed developed a patented two-in-one capsule that safeguards viability of its DSO-1 daily symbiotic through digestion to deliver the maximum dose to your colon. No refrigeration necessary. Visit seed.com slash Spotify and use code SPOTIFY25 to get 25% off your first month. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. 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 Hello and welcome back to episode 79 of the Disunomics podcast. As per shout out to those who listened to previous week's podcast, if you haven't checked it out, me and Patrice, a fund manager, discussing investing in tech. So we always complain about our money situation. You want to be able to earn more money. This opportunity to learn about investing in tech, why it might interest you, how you can get involved, what not to do. And it's not said in jargon, it's said in quite straightforward terms that many of us will understand. So make sure you check that out. Also, if you haven't got tickets for the Dysonomics live show on November the 4th, Unfortunately, it sold out. I released some additional tickets because the previous releases sold out and they've gone as well. So big shout out to everyone who's bought a ticket. There will be limited tickets on the door. So you want to get there early, doors open at seven. So if you want to, if you didn't manage to grab a ticket, you still want to come, try get there ASAP to try avoid any taking any L's. As it pertains to this week's podcast, episode 79, this one has been a long time coming. Um, I'd like to introduce this because we've seen quite a lot of gender discourse in mainstream media on our social media pages and quite a lot of it, in my opinion, is completely and utter drivel, no real analysis, no real calling on experts of psychology or biology or mass stats. It's just a lot of lived experience stuff. You can't really project your lived experience until the universe is just... Absolute, insa- absolute insanity. There's so many different, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Outcomes to any situation on both sides, whether you're a man, you're a woman, you're on the left of the political spectrum, you're on the right or center. I don't believe in political spectrums, for, by the way. So I thought it would be interesting to discuss um, the genders because we see a lot of gender pay gap and Me Too, all these different types of movements highlighting the differences between the genders and someone in a, 
inequities faced by women, sometimes inequities faced by men, LGBT community, um, even sometimes get drawn down into different um, ethnicities and their relationships in intergender. So this week I'm joined by my guy Daryl. What are you saying? Yo, bro, I'm here. I'm here. Um, you're here. I'm, yeah. Are you sure I'm you're here. here? Yeah. I'm here, bro. I'm here. I'm here. Right, cool. So we're gonna be discussing um, the gender differences. Is that is that the correct way to? Sex differences. The sex differences. Sex differences between men and women. Between men and women. And we're going to talk it from a variety, um, a varied point of view. And we're going to, this is going to be quite heavily stats and evidence-based. Yep. A bit of analysis since nobody believes in analysis or evidence or any sort of rational thinking. So this is quite thought, this is meant to be a thought-provoking um, exercise. If you disagree... Tweet your disagreements uh, or put them on any social media platform you have. You should disagree with hashtags. Me and Daryl will be more than happy to engage. We'll be polite as long as you're polite. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no it's, beef. Yeah, no beef. No it's interesting to get this um, discussion going and any thoughts you may have, please let us know. So, um, first of all, Daryl, what do you do for a living? Okay, so for a living, I work in psychological services. I'm a therapist. So I work with a lot of men and women with like different mental health disorders. Um, yeah, that's what I do nine to five, basically. How long have you been in that for? <sighs> two years now. Two but years. as before the two years that I'm currently have as a therapist, I was working in secondary care as well. Okay. So What's yeah. Care? Oh, secondary care is like working with people with extreme forms of mental health issues like psychosis, yeah. delusions of grandeur, um, um, personality disorder, yeah. that type of stuff. Okay. So yeah, that would be what you call secondary care. Whereas at the moment I'm working in primary care, so it's more people with moderate mental health disorders. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll probably talk to you about, about that a bit later. later. Okay. But um, so we have a lot of, you know, um, debates and discourse as it pertains to the gender, genders or sexes, sorry, should I say, men or women. And quite often we see debates kind of go down um, sex lines. So if there's a man or woman in a story or the story's um, about a man, men tend to side with the man. If it's all about women, women tend to, which I find quite bizarre. Well, not bizarre, but irritating. Um, mm. So how are men and women similar? Um, men and women are similar. Well, they're both humans. They're similar in the sense that, well, yeah, you're both humans. So in terms of like IQ, for example, men and women are relatively similar, but women tend to score a little bit higher with regards to IQ. But I guess... So on average, you're... Um, yeah, on average. The average woman will have a slightly higher IQ, IQ than average men. Yeah. But when you look at the distributions, what you'll see is you'll see more men exist on the extremely low end of IQ, like around the 50s. Yeah. And then for the extremely other... Um, in the... 150 and above you get more men in those areas so essentially what we'd be saying is like on average women have a higher iq than men but you either get really extremely smart men in that top one percent or you get really stupid men on the other end yeah so on average they're similar but women's distribution tends to peak so on average they're a bit um higher in iq but men more exist on the extremes of each end of the spectrum um, I guess in terms of personality types, 
So you'd have one that you call conscientiousness. So that's to do with like a routine and orderliness and being more industrious. Uh, men and women tend to be similar with regard to that as well. And in terms of like openness. So that's if you're more abstract or if you're more like linear in your thinking, like a conservative person or a liberal person yeah. type thing. Um, what else is there? I guess, I guess in terms of conscientiousness as well, women tend to be more orderly. So orderliness is like, how would I put this? It's more routine whereas men tend to be more industrious so they're more it, it, it's it, consciousness is like an umbrella term but yeah. with regards to like industriousness it's like that drive and you just work hard but it's relatively similar yeah but when you break it down that's the slight difference that they have um what other similarities i mean before puberty for example men and women are relatively similar yeah um after puberty that's where we see the big differences between men and women so, I mean, I'm not an endocrinologist, but What's yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm not an endocrinologist, but um, endocrinologists would basically look at like the role of hormones in the body. And so, for example, I mean, we all know about testosterone and estrogen yeah. and how it affects us. Um, for example, women during development, they get women during development, they get a lot more estrogen, whereas yeah. with men, a lot more testosterone. So we see a lot of physical differences um, men get bigger, bigger torso, bigger upper body. Yeah, average height for a man in the UK is 5'10". 5'10". Women is what? 5'5". Five, 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 something five. like that. Yeah, 5'5", five, 5'4". Five, five, um, men get bigger fists. Men become more aggressive. Um, women now develop the ability to have children. Yeah. Men start producing... Wait, no, I don't think the sperm count changes because they produce sperm beforehand. But generally speaking, you get bigger biological differences between men and women. So it's a hotly debated thing about, you know, um, how much biology affects personality. Yeah. So yeah, it's very hotly debated. It's like a nature nurture debate. Me personally, I'm a nature person yeah. because I think you can always have, you, you can have nurture, you can have nature without nurture, but you can never have, so I mean it the other way around. Mm -hmm. You can have nature, but you can never have nurture without nature. So yeah. I'd always say socialization is dependent on biology, if if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. All right, cool. So we've discussed how men, how men and women are similar. Now, how do men and women differ? Mm, so yeah, the differences after. So if you think of like personality differences, which is what like I observe things I read up on, if you think of personality differences, the first notable, noticeable difference with regards to like personality differences, well, when puberty happens, men just get bigger, they become more aggressive. So yeah, the testosterone increases. Whereas with women, they become more, so there's a trait called neuroticism. So they become more prone to distress. So it's essentially like, they become more emotive, if you will. So for example, women become, so neuroticism is essentially, you're just sensitive to negative, like things in the environment, you're more emotional, if you will, yeah? So for example, um, how would I put this? If you're more neurotic and you're exposed to stress, you're more likely to experience distress. Yes. Whereas if you're less neurotic, you're more likely to, you're the, this intensity of the distress you experience is a lot less. So across cultures, you'll find 
men are l- score lower than women in eroticism and women tend to score higher. The percentage is about, I think it's about a third to maybe two thirds difference. So for example, if we got pairs of men and women and we were like, this woman is going to be more neurotic than this guy, you'd be right about two thirds of the time. Okay. This, um, the same thing would be for aggression as well. So if you were to say, this guy is more aggressive than this woman, you'd be right almost about two thirds of the time. And that's if you look at like personality differences between the sexes. Okay. Um, as for why, again, that's another nature nurture debate. Me, I'm always about biology. Yeah. Um, in terms of like, I guess, even if you look at, if we look at, I get, you know, the prison population, for example, is 80,000 compared to like what? 3,000 or something like you said. It the yeah, it's 80, 80K, roughly 80K, yeah. and the women is 3K. Yeah. Now, if you think of the population, okay, we're about what, 33, in terms of men alone, we're about 33, 34 million maybe at, at, by this point. I remember when I read ONS statistics, I think it was 2017, it was about 33 million men. Yep. But what I'm trying to highlight is less than 1% of us are in prison, but the majority of the prison population is men doing all sorts of violent crime. And of course, there are people who haven't been caught and stuff. Yes, but course. what I'm trying to highlight is the most aggressive people, I guess on the bad end of it is they're in prison because they've done heinous crimes. Yeah. They've done violent crimes. They've taken part in like serious risky behavior. On the other, on the good aspect of it, I guess, they'd exist as more CEOs, yes, managers, high performance athletes, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, people working on in really dangerous environments. Oil rigs. Ninety-seven percent of workplace deaths are yeah. men, because obviously men are more likely to, to take risks in these jobs and yeah. take these risks. Yep, yeah. and you even even if you look at personality traits, you'd see probably the two things that are most um, prevalent are low levels of neuroticism and low levels of agreeableness. So if you're prone to distress, one, you won't experience it that much. And if you do experience it, you fight back. Yeah. So if you're like more disagreeable, you're more assertive, you can, you have that drive. You don't, if you, if you encounter an obstacle, you're going to fight back. If you're low in neuroticism, you're not even that bothered in the first place. But I guess, for women, I guess if you're more neurotic, right, it's it may not be the most useful trait in the workplace, but it'd be more useful in other areas, depending yes. on where you work. Mm. For example, if you're working, women tend to what self-select into more social sciences and health. So when you say self-select, that means... That's what they choose. That's what okay, cool. their interest. When you look at the disparity between men and women and... So if, if you are you know sorry got going on I'll put in when, when you when you look at when you look at um the differences between men and women in like occupational choice yeah you'll see men are more in STEM fields women are more in social sciences and health women are over oversubscribed in medicine as doctors and that sort of stuff so if you're highly neurotic you're always looking out for what's dangerous and that would be useful in those those sort of situations because you can see when someone's in distress yep. and then they need help. Yes. So neuroticism may be a good trait to have in certain the, situations. situations. I, I, I think you could say that with almost every trait. Yeah, with every trait. Yeah, some traits, um, for example, like I have a trait of impatience. Mm. So that serves me very well in terms of dealing with, I'm less likely to persist in toxic relationships. And that's not just 
intimate relationships with friends, family, colleagues, mm. because I'm impatient and like, okay, cool. This is not really working out for me. I'm not feeling good. At it. I can't be bothered to wait this out. I'm gonna, I'm gone. You're gonna go. Or, or do you know what I mean? Or you'll just have a discussion immediately. Yeah. With your partner and you yeah. Go, yeah. This needs to stop. Or I'm gone. Yeah. Whereas in other situations where, let's say, it might be planning or investing, for example, yesterday I was looking to looking for jumpers, mm. cardigans. Mm. I went on. I went on ASOS. I went on Selfridges. I went on Supporter. That whole process was two and a half minutes. I got, I, this is too much choice, I can't be bothered, I stopped. Because I'm impatient. So that, or stuff like, I might know somebody has a discount on this product I want to buy. Because I want the product right now, I'm not only going to go and buy it and start waiting for this guy, I'm also going to pay for same day or next day delivery, which costs even more, because of impatience. So as you, as you said, yeah, by no one, no, yeah. So as you said of um, neuroticism. So which, yeah, yeah. Um, it, that would be more agreeable yes. and assertive. Yes. But even... The no, time no of, I'm just saying that... Um, oh, just like... Did, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that would be more to do with agreeableness mm. because it would be like force, drive, yeah. etc. Mm. So on and so forth. I guess if you think of more... If you're more agreeable as well, for example, it would be useful for ensuring your survival because you'd always ensure that you're safe. Yeah. So if you're thinking of, for example women tend to score higher in agreeableness than men because, well, they're weaker. They're more prone to... They're physically weaker. Yes. They're more prone Before somebody to, says, you, what do you mean we're weak? We're strong. How dare you? And, you, and, you woman hater. You misogynoir. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, on average, men are just stronger than women. Yeah, facts. Speaking. Yeah, facts. I mean, that doesn't really need to be debated. Yeah. But one way you can cope is by not getting into conflict in the first place. Facts. So if you're more agreeable, you're a peacemaker. Yeah. Or you'd avoid conflict. So for example, if you're more disagreeable and you experience some form of distress, you're going to approach the conflict. Yes. If you're less disagreeable, you're either going to shy away from the conflict or you'll de-escalate, de-escalate the situation. Yeah. So if you're in a street, disagreeable, someone threatens you in some way, you're just going to bang them. You're more likely to. Facts. More likely to. If you're agreeable, you're less likely to. I mean, there are other factors such as height, weight, your competence as a fighter. Generally speaking, that's what you're it looks like. Yeah. Um, if you think of in the workplace, again, if you're thinking of um, asking for a pay rise, if you're more disagreeable, you're just going to say it. I want a pay rise and you're going to justify why you get a pay rise. Yeah. If you're more agreeable, you won't say anything about getting a pay rise. You'll just you'll just firm it. Basically. Yeah, facts. Um, even in my practice, like I've worked with, have I ever worked with a woman on us? And I ever worked, sorry, not a woman, man. I don't think I've worked with a man on assertiveness. It's mostly been women and dealing with like negative thoughts and confidence. And essentially, you're just getting people to say what they want and why they want it, in, and getting them to be more disagreeable and actually approach their boss and say, I want, I want a pay rise or I want this position or I want to be head of this. So I haven't seen many men, but I do see more women. So when I do read the studies and they're like, women are more agreeable than men, I, I get where they're coming from. Yeah. Um, I guess part of this as well is like, male aggression is just there, to be honest with you. Yeah. So yeah, it's just there if you get what I mean. So. Yeah, that's that's more to do with agreeableness 
and disagreeableness. And these things exist on a spectrum as well, just to add. So it's like men more exist on the disagreeable side, women more on the agreeable side. If you think of even, oh, I work in mental health here. So I see all sorts of stuff. If you think of neuroticism as a trait. So I think earlier we talked about women being more highly emotive and men being less emotive, yeah? yeah? Which is part of how it helps you in the workplace. If you're more prone to stress, it's not going to help. If you're less prone to stress, you'll be able to cope. Now, if you think of mental health disorders, yeah, you have what you call like personality disorder. One of the characteristics of that is being highly emotive and having massive mood swings. You find more women are diagnosed with personality disorder. I remember reading this from the World Health Organization. Whereas with like, what are these guys called again? Sociopaths and stuff. Yeah. It's more men. Okay. And one of the things to do with sociopaths, I think, is just the lack of emotion. And they just do mad... They just... They can kill people and stuff. Or if you get... um, Men are more likely to be involved in antisocial behavior. And again, you can't really go around doing mad things to people if you're high in emotion because you experience distress. Yes. If you're low in emotion and you do mad things to people, you don't even feel it. So that's why... You even see a sex difference in mental health presentations. Okay. If you think of presentations, I think across the UK, it's women are heavily subscribed. I don't remember the percentage. I think it was like 60 or 70% are women. I could be wrong. Whereas men, it's in that lower one third, maybe even one quarter of the subscribers are men. If you think of, again, male suicide and women's suicide, and they were talking about... I remember I read the statistics. I think it was 2016 or 2017. It was just around the 5,000 mark of men who had killed themselves. Whereas the women, it was roughly about 1,300 or something like that. Yeah, it tends to be three quarters to a quarter. quarter. In favor, in, well, I won't say in favour, but... Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. sounds a bit mad. Like, we'd be like, what, you're in favour of us killing ourselves? You know what I mean? And if you look at... Um, methodology right so if you think back to what we were talking about with regards to like agreeableness and disagreeableness and aggression and assertiveness and stuff men tend to exert lethal force in all areas of their life so when you think of suicide men hang themselves jump in front of things jump under things stab themselves and shoot themselves you could, if you want to really look up at this stuff, World Health Organization, and look at suicide methodology. Now, another thing, like you see this whole massive drive, men need to talk more, etc., so on and so forth. And maybe there is some truth to it, but I'm not really a proponent of men need to talk more. I'm more of a proponent of men need to address the problems in their lives. With regards to suicidality, women have significantly more suicide attempts, attempts yeah. than men. But the reason they're not successful at it is because they don't use aggressive methods. It's usually substances and pills. For example, I had a report about two months ago where they were telling us to look out for Eastern European people, like in terms of risk issues, right? And one of the things that they highlighted was there was 14 people that killed themselves in a month. 11 men hanged themselves. That's all the men were doing, hang. Wow. Hang themselves in the UK. What did the women do? Um, two did an overdose of pills and then one used helium to kill herself. Bloody hell. So it's like, when you look at the methodology... There was a lot more um, If you hang yourself, you're, it's 99% of the time you're dead. Yeah. P- 
pills, the body's resistant to substances, so it doesn't always work. But women on average have a much higher um, suicide attempt rate than men. But what we see reported is successful suicides. And even if you, not to sound morbid, but even if you look at it in terms of population level, 5,000 compared to 33 million is like what, less than 0.0001% of the population. Not to say that it's not a problem, but what I'm trying to highlight is men are just more aggressive than women, which is a large part of why there's a gender um, sex difference in suicidality. If you think of job performance and stuff as well, I remember how we were talking earlier about men just work more and stuff. If you think of disagreeableness, assertiveness, conscientiousness. Now, interestingly, even with conscientiousness as a personality trait, as an umbrella term, when you look at... Um, that trait men and women tend to be more or less the same with regards to um, routine and hard work and that type of thing however even when you look at statistics men outwork women more than when work when the men work more than women and they take less sick days yeah so um if you look at um ons data you know i love to bring a young ons that um <laughs> when you look at the the average actual weekly hours worked and i've got figures from april to june um, 2018, women work on average 27.7 hours, men work 36.7 hours. So on average, in terms of actual hours worked, men work an extra nine hours more per week. That is an extra 468 hours per year. And if you say eight hour, eight hour working day, which is usually probably seven, but we'll be generous, say eight hours, mm. that is 58.5 days of work. So that's a so, massive difference. So yeah, on average men work an extra two months more than women than women and obviously and obviously if you want some more context to this to this to this statistic men tend to occupy more of the long hour high performance type jobs and also women tend to dominate part-time jobs so working less hours but it what what we're highlighting with all of these things is that we just find more men there. It doesn't mean women don't exist there. Yeah, it's just on women, average. Yeah, but if women do exist there, they have traits that are possessed majority-wise by men. So that's why you'd like tend to call it more of a, a masculine trait, if you will. Yes. Um, but for example, if you're highly disagreeable and you work in like health and social sciences, you're not going to... If you're like, for example, if you think of agreeableness and you're low in agreeableness and you work in a hospital, you're not going to give your patients that empathy and comfort that they need in order to recover well. So again, it's not saying men aren't capable of being empathetic, but it's just men are less likely to be yeah. agreeable. So a lot, a lot of the things we're talking about is probability wise. So for, for people like, please listen, take our words in. Cause I know this could be, for some people, this could be quite sensitive, but mm. they're going to try. Sometimes I might try to just say, you said that men aren't <laughs> no we didn't <laughs> and if you're likely if you want to like, do your own just look at big five personality traits and look at sex differences you don't need to take my word for it you can do your own research i'm literally just reporting what I, i've read all, all the links sent to me i'll put it in the description yeah yeah that's calm yeah and then if you think of for example even if you're just thinking of personality traits they have their pros and cons depending on the situation. Yes. That's why you tend to get men are better than some things at women and women are better than some things than men. But it really depends on what your personality is and you should play, everyone should play towards their strengths. Okay, so, uh, it's nice that you said that because I was, um, the next part of um, 
the podcast is to discuss how does the differences, we'll probably focus more on the differences because there's more differences than similarities, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, yeah. How by about, about two thirds. Yeah, about two thirds. How, how do the differences manifest in society? So I remember you were discussing um, self-selecting in terms of certain career paths. And I remember um, when I used to work in Holborn, Mm. I used to go to um, LSC because they have loads. I'm, I'm going to try and start doing that when I get a bit less busy. Mm. Um, they have loads of like shows where it's for free, where it's talks where you get really bright people to come and speak and then there's Q&A section. So this was like a, um, a feminist uh, panel. I've been to quite a few. Some people mm. think that I hate feminists because I challenge their dumb beliefs. I don't uh, know. Some of them have some very valid points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my, some of my friends, they try to claim his family. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> don't subscribe me to any group, especially some higgy people. I'm just here for facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, that might shock people. But I went I went to this um, show, because obviously these are very bright women. And then they were discussing gender pay gap, um, all this type of stuff. Um, and then I was just like, it was like, you lot are bright, but you're just, I said, hold on. So I asked them a question. You're talking about all these things to combat and policy changes. Why haven't you discussed self-selecting? So why do you can't anticipate, you can't expect us to be paid equally? Because Even performance though, is different. Yeah, and if we're entering different fields, mm-hmm. and then the whole panel was just like, they didn't know what to say. When you asked them, that, yeah, one person just said, "Sounds oh. sensational." And there's one person, one. Um, um, lady, I can't remember her name because it was time ago. She, she's even a doctor. She's got a doctor in, I think, economics. She was like, "Oh, then why do these industries pay more?" And all the whole crowd went, "Yeah, hmm, I'm thinking this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard." There's there's a reason why these industries um pay more. Certain industries pay more because you can actually measure it. So, for example, you said um off air, S- um, if you build twenty computers, you can measure the output and the worth of those computers. Mm. If you're working in, let's say, healthcare, for example, you're a nurse, you're a doctor. How do you quantify how much work you've done your compared to your? How do you quantify your productivity when you're working with people? Yeah, and also you're not really. And when you're working with people, it's harder to, especially when it's like for example, there health. are so many complexities. Yeah, yeah. With health, health is essentially the the maintenance of people. Yeah, maintenance and betting of people. Whereas, Whereas with other jobs, like I don't know, let's say you're a banker, you're actually generating some sort of wealth. So mm. speaking back to, so this kind of materializes when I was looking at. Um, let me even get the exact name of the website. Um, oh, sorry, Higher Education um, Students um, Survey. Is that what it's called? Hold on, am I jazzing? I think I saw that one as well. Students, students, statistics. Women being 70% better academically, or are you talking about something else? No, I'm talking about what um, men and women go into in terms of um, higher education, so oh, university. Okay, okay, okay. So if you're looking at university and um, speaking to... Um, that was mentioned how they we tend some um, sexes tend to self-select into certain industries. Mm-hmm. Take a look at this. First and foremost, bear in mind that women um, outnumber men in universities as of 2016, 17 by 300,000. And the gap is growing. And the, and the gap is growing. Okay, cool. So if you look at maths and sciences, this is percentage-wise. The course, um, these are students. 37% of students are female. 63% are male. Then you look at computer science. This is even the biggest, this is one of the biggest um, gaps. gaps. 17% mm-hmm. are female, 80, 83% are male. Mm-hmm. Then we look at engineering and technology. Mm-hmm. Another massive gap. Between men and women. Yeah, between men and women. If you 18, that- 18% are, 
are w- and women. Four fifths, easily. 82% men. Then Four we look fifths. at architecture and building. 22, 23% female. Four fifths. 73%, 77% sorry, male. Then we look at the, on the flip side in terms of the things where you talk about social sciences things versus things versus people, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah women tend to be more interested on average people, in people in people and men, men more, more things. into things now social studies women 63 percent men 37 percent languages women 71 percent men 29 percent creative arts and design men men 17 percent women 82 percent education Men, 30%. Women, 70%. So you're seeing in went in... It's almost two thirds to... A third. To a third and then, difference and, between men and women, essentially. And then when you look at uh, science, tech, engineering, architecture, the disparity is even bigger in favour of men. And it's um, we've both discussed this offline loads of times. And so when people say... Yeah, but that's, some people will now say that's socialization due, due to, to the way we re- raised, etc. So and and so obviously, forth. we are we are kind of there that's is, one variable. That's one variable. But also, if you okay, then you think about okay, cool. If, if patriarchy is the problem in this, which many people claim, mm-hmm. if patriarchy is the problem, okay, cool. Let's look. If we look at societies that are oh. way less or way more patriarchal than ours, so you're looking at in Africa. Oh yeah, yeah, go yeah. go go. So you're looking at like African nations. Asian nations, you're seeing that there's a higher um, percentage of women involved in these, for example, STEM fields than there are here. Yeah. So I think you were telling me something about Algeria. Yeah. So for example, in Algeria, um, the women who graduated from university and are now going to, um, 40% of their graduates go into STEM fields. Yes. Algeria. Yes, Algeria more patriarchal than you than the uk by far yeah no, no, no if you measure if you look at their policies and you measure it they are by far more patriarchal than us but 40 percent of their graduates are in stem fields yes. now if you look at more there's something we call the gender equality paradox yeah so you look at more nordic countries switzerland norway um, netherlands what you find is the differences between the genders maximize. So you find even more men in STEM fields and even more women in social sciences and health. So when, so what those studies were indicating is like, and these are population level studies, like one was about 450,000 people. That's a and lot are, of people. Oh, that's a lot of people. And another one was about 700K because they've done this study. Um, I think they've done it twice. I need to double check, but like what they were literally highlighting, what the, one of the implications for the study was when you raise men and women to be more similar um, and you change the socialization from being patriarchal as it's claimed in the UK and America, and you go to more Nordic countries, the the gap between men and women, the gender disparity becomes even even larger. So what that does is it gives more evidence for it gives more evidence for biology being the reason why women self-select into social sciences and health rather than and certain people oriented things and men being in more thing oriented subjects. Yes. So I guess the only question I've got in my head at the moment is if we are a patriarchal society and women are more likely to be in STEM and you become more go to me more egalitarian societies and the differences maximize even more, what happens if you went into a, a matriarchal society? Yeah. 
As for if that will happen, I have no idea. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see. It would be interesting to see. Um, yeah, and yeah, that would definitely be that would definitely be interesting to see. And it's quite interesting because the discussion we're having and the level of um, I'm not saying we're some Einstein geniuses, but at least we've looked. Not, look, we've looked beyond stage one, like what we see in front of us. We've actually had a look at the data, look at the different outcomes and variables. If you turn on your TV, if you listen to the radio, open a newspaper, go in your social media page, it's just a lot of, yeah, we're different. And because we're different, these are the outcomes. And the reason why is because of, of um, what's we're looking for? Discrimination. Mm-hmm. Don't, get, don't, get, don't get it twisted. There's, definitely exists. There's discrimination definitely exists. And discrimination, I've seen it with my own two eyes in terms on a race level and on a gender level. But the percentage of of the pie that the differences that are exhibited in the society is insignificant compared it, to the others. Insignificant when you come to compare other variables such as biology, mm-hmm. free will. Because surely, if if you look at discrimination, surely in places like Algeria, Turkey, Nigeria, Ghana, they have more traditional India, norms than us. Surely, the discrimination against women is high in these societies. I don't think anybody with any sort of knowledge on both types of societies can ever argue against that. So why do we see a rise, a mass, a bigger boom in, for example, tech entrepreneurs in Africa than in the West? And I remember... And and, and when I say tech entrepreneurs, I mean for women specifically. And I think there was a headline recently about women in Ghana having... A lot of them are becoming like business owners. There are more female business owners in Ghana than there are in... I think it was the US or UK. Yeah. Yeah. What does that highlight to you? This is self. In, this they're self-selecting into those fields, and they are more traditionally patriarchal societies. What if to put to be blunt, it would literally be implying patriarchal societies empower women into these fields more than egalitarian societies, yeah. and that goes against everything that has basically been argued and debated. in the media. Yes, saying patriarchy suppressing women, and to some degree, is true. Yeah, it does. In certain, certain in elements, certain areas, certain elements, of course. Yeah. But to say it's stopping them from climbing up the career um, path and all of that is like it's a wild accusation. First of all, you have other women that you got to compete with, and you have men with personality traits that enable that are more natural to them and enable them to succeed. If you're gonna be that CEO one hundred company person or FTSE 100 person you have to be incredibly disagreeable you have to be incredibly low in eroticism because you're responsible for a a company that provides a service if you think of other fields where men exist logistics infrastructure these are all thing oriented things I walked here today on a road who made it men I saw them doing it two years ago paving the road see this way where you live now it was all men on the construction site yeah i didn't see one woman not to say there wasn't a woman here not to say there wasn't a woman here but what i'm highlighting is men are more interested in things and women are more interested in people i think if you think of more oh what's this thing this person brought up there's this i forgot what her name is i think it's camille paglia and she brought up this thing about how in more agrarian societies, essentially- In more what societies? Agrarian societies. Explain that for listeners. So for example, there was this, um, there was this lady, I think her name is Camille Paglia or something like that. So she highlighted this thing about how 
for example, in more agrarian societies, so this is like agricultural, before you get all of this like technology and infrastructure that we have now, and it's more farmland and hunting and stuff, men and women's worlds were separated. Yes. So men were always out in the field hunting or farming chasing or gathering a, resources. Chasing a young fox. <laughs> chasing a young fox, a young boar, whatever, yeah. building like houses and whatever. And, you know, they were more competent at doing that because they're bigger, they're faster. Yeah. They're more less aggressive. Yeah, more aggressive. They're less neurotic. So when they're put in that situation with a wild animal, they're not distressed. distressed. They're going to um, confront it. And then when I talk, she was highlighting this thing with women where like women were at the home, they were looking after the home, they were cleaning, cooking, raising the children. Um, they were doing more people oriented activities, right? And then so what she highlighted was like, with this whole thing about um, patriarchy and men and stuff, it's like before men and women's worlds were separated, now men and women's worlds are blended. Yes, 100. And now what you get is women coming into the workforce, which, which I'm totally for, yeah, I think, but I, it's think like, I think I don't think there's many people yeah, in the world who are not not, not who are against it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like I'm totally for it. But then what you get is when women want to excel in male-dominated fields, the difficulty now becomes how do you compete against a man who is just built by, who's just built to survive easier in this situation? It just comes more naturally to him because of his personality traits, which are heavily. Um, impacted by his biology yes. he's more prone he experiences less stress and he's more aggressive and so it's easier for him to do it whereas with women again hormones not i'm not even trying to take the piss when i say this hormones period you're more prone to distress all of these things are working against them so it's like it's harder for a woman to excel because one her biology is affecting her mm. and two she has other men to compete with mm. who are just naturally better at these type of in these situations yes. whereas in other situations that same man wouldn't flourish yeah if it came to more people orientated tasks looking after someone etc so on and so forth a disagreeable less neurotic man may not flourish as much as a woman who's higher in those traits but then again in those areas it's hard to quantify their work yeah which is where the problem comes yeah. so it's like now that men and women are in these two fields how do we make it fairer for women? Again, I'd argue it's pretty fair because I can't think of any policies off the top of my head that where rights are afforded to men where they aren't afforded to women, as far as I know. In terms of, um, are there men who just um, employ men purely because they're men? I'm sure it exists. I'm yes. not denying that in any way, shape, form or fashion. But I think what we do need to remember is if you're thinking of personality traits, and natural competencies and differences between men and women in male dominated fields men are just going to excel but you won't see men excelling in female dominated fields because for the most part it's dominated by women for a reason yeah i work in psychology um psychology is female dominated every psychologist i know is a female so again and they're at the tops of their fields you do get if you do get managers in psychology, they're usually men, but they're not in the the treatment aspect. They're more in the business side. Okay, yeah. If that makes sense. Again, so there are- Things yeah, versus people. People, things versus people, again. But when it comes to dealing with patients one-to-one, -one, it's all women. Yeah. I mean, 
it, it speaks for itself. But I think, yeah, in terms of that, that's how the differences between men and women manifest is purely down, well, not purely, not only down to, it's one variable. Yeah. Or a couple, a few variables, if you will. But it's a large part, I would argue, um, of why these differences manifest between men and women, interest. And the interest isn't down to socialization. From the gender equality paradox, we see it's due to, well, there's more evidence to say it's due to biology. Yes. And if anybody's got evidence to the contrary, definitely hit us up. So we hit can us learn. Up. Yeah, we'll, it's a bit, we'll discuss, we'll talk. Yeah, it's a learning process. All right, cool. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else we missed in terms of how manifests in society. Um, we've spoken about working hours. We've spoken about... Prison population. Prison population. Mental health disorders. Mental health disorders. Gang uh, violence. Yeah, gang violence. Um, yeah, definitely. If you, and, and obviously with gang violence, there's so many different factors that lead into it. Um, one, obviously, um, from a kind of biological perspective, men are more, more, aggressive. Like, more aggressive. So you're going to get... More conflict between men. Yeah, and the conflict is more likely to result in actual physical um, confrontation. Death. Yeah, mm -hmm. and which means more likely... Of, of death. Death. Um, obviously, there's cultural factors to this. There's economical factors. And obviously, um, men and women react differently in terms of... Like, even when you look at... I can't remember the gentleman's name. Another person got fired from Google for doing that. Dialogue. James Damore. James Damore, yeah, that's his name. I was even looking at him, his thing today. And a lot of the things he said were things that we've echoed. Openness to feelings. Women ha tend to have more openness and openness to feelings and, and aesthetics more than ideas compared to men. Mm -hmm. Women tend to have a stronger interest in people rather than things. And he highlighted that as empathising versus systemising. Mm -hmm. um, higher agreeableness. Women have a harder time negotiating salary, ask for pay rises. Disagreeableness and agreeableness. Yes, yep. So then he, then he also mentioned men have a higher drive for status. Mm -hmm. And I think that has an impact on what happens also gang violence because a lot of it is economic competition. competition. Men just compete more. Yeah, just compete. From, from Even from a young age, you're thinking you're playing football, basketball, um, fights. There's always some element of sport or competition. Competition. Men. And even if you look at what men tend to interest, the things that um, men are interested in, Men tend to be more interested in sports, and sports is pure competition. competition. Yeah, pure competition. So it's quite, um, and it's, it's I was going to mention a point about the gang violence. Well, I can't even remember. Okay, we'll forget that. But um, yeah, it's interesting when you look at society, how it materializes. And actually, let's talk, look, we didn't even prepare for this. Let's talk about it in terms of, um, so this is just off the cuff, really, um, more like intimate relationships. So you've mm -hmm. got men and women. So how does it? How do you think it manifests in how we do a relationship? Because I've got an idea. Because like even even because obviously when I when I um, look at my social media, for example, and I'm not using this to um, what's the word I'm looking project onto the wider society. I'm just saying from what I view, and I, I can't say if man them, mm. but to me it seems that women have a higher interest in relationships than men do in terms of a. A desire to be in term, in a serious relationship, like I see more interest in marriage, more interested in kids, like rather than guys, like like in terms of topics of discussion, it's more like, oh, I would love to have a bay right now, or these just type of things you do a bay. Yeah, I've seen that a couple of times. So get a grip, sis. But what do you well, think? To be honest with you, yeah, I think if you think of a more biological perspective, men are built to have children. Having children requires a lifelong partner 
lifelong partner means finding someone who's relatively similar to you with regards to personality yep. so that the relationship will be reciprocal yep. and beneficial. No woman wants a man she can walk over. Yeah. And if she does, the relationship won't last long because it's not reciprocal. Yeah. Um, yeah, women are built to have children. So that desire for relationships, relationships I'd say, is pretty but, natural. Yeah, of course. I think the external pressure is these lot have been having puberty from what, like what, nine or 10 or something. And so they, they're, women have to get their lives in order a lot quicker than men. Mm. Whereas men, I can't lie, the lack of responsibility, the playfulness, for some of us at least, mm. is very present. So we have a lot more time to get our lives in order, whereas women don't. Mm. There's that pressure of what, by like 35, they need to have a kid or it's like really dangerous. Yeah. Um, I think men's sperm quality does decrease as well. Okay. But um, I don't think it's, there's just less pressure on men to grow up, if yeah. that makes sense. Whereas yeah. with women, they there's the pressure, they have to have the house, the money, the car, the husband, there's that sort of pressure. But then on top of that external pressure, there's the internal pressure for it. For men, if you have sex with a woman, you won't get a kid. The woman will have a kid. Yeah. So it's like the brunt of the responsibility is on a woman. Um, I don't know. In terms of relationships, I guess part of it is neuroticism as well. Like you're more emotional, your hormones every month. Is it every month or a week? Mad. Month. It's, it's 28 days or something, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Your body's always preparing you to have kids every month. Mm. So internal drives, biological drives. Mm. So I'd say that's probably part of why they all broody, More, yeah, broody, yeah. yeah. I hate that word. <laughs> I don't want a kid like it's a toy. Like, yeah, a like, toy. like... But yeah, but it's true. We need to break it down in the... Okay, so speak, we spoke about... Um, we spoke about education-wise. We've spoken about... Um, we've done touched a little bit on crime. Touched a little bit on crime. Yeah, we spoke about... Um, yeah, because um, it's, it's even funny that... Um, and I also find this part of society quite interesting to observe and I'm a culprit of this because we're culprit. more like yeah because we are more aggressive mm. on average we are more likely to be perpetrators of violent crime of course but we're also more likely to, to be stop the, that crime too stop that crime and also be the victim of that crime mm -hmm. so we have a higher involvement but you always hear stuff like okay cool women be safe like if it's your female friend or your girl or your mum your sister you don't want really want her out at night you, you're kind of a bit more fearful but if it's your boy like alright cool safe get home like cool See, mm. but when I talk to my friends if I talk to my friends, my brother, all of us have been involved in way more physical altercation than women by an astronomical number. Stuff you didn't even want to be involved with. You're just there and it happens. Like if, if, if you ask, especially in a city London, especially in certain working class communities, mm. do you know a guy that's been stabbed, um, attacked, killed or gone to jail? Most, I'll say most guys that I've come across will say yes. Yeah. If you ask the same question to women about women, most will say no. Like if I'm every time I'm seeing a rest in peace or a memorial of somebody who's young, or when I say young, I mean it's a guy who's died. It's a guy who's died. Almost, I'll say I think I've seen like one or two in my lifetime. That are ladies. Yeah, I think most recently was a girl that got shot in like Tinsel Town or something. Yeah, like those those cases tend to be very rare. Rare, but then I think on the same night, two guys, one got rushed that night. And then another person got like stabbed or mm. shot the next mm. morning. Yeah. So it was like, there was the triple stabbing in South London the other day. Oh, was it? 
just after that and like three guys and their uh, entrails were out on the street and the paramedics had to save them i don't know if they died or they survived but this was like a month two three months ago and that's what i mean so if we're looking at yeah so it's interesting how in society we kind of we're more i would say protective of our women even though and and rightly so because they are more vulnerable than us sexually with regards to rape yeah. and physically with regards to if they enter a conflict Women is going to be less competent at defending themselves. If you think of MMA fighters, men and women, completely different performance level. If you, if a man punches a woman, the, the forces can kill her. Yeah. If a woman punches a woman, the, the, the disparity is a lot less. There's, they're more equal. In terms of striking, men far outweigh women. But in terms of grappling, like wrestling... Um, the gap is a lot smaller. I think in terms of if a woman and a man wrestled, a woman has more of a, not more chance than a man, but more chance than if they, they were, were to, strike, if they were to strike. Due to the power. Of... Yeah, due to the power, but with grappling, it's more technique. Yeah. So a woman would have, would be on more equal footing if she was to grapple. But again, Yeah. It's tight. That's just the biological differences that exist. With regards to what they can do, I have no idea. Okay, For cool. most part, men men need to step. Well, I would say men need to step in, but then at the same time... Yeah, at the same time, um, the, so I see a lot of talk about, yeah, men... Need to step in. Men need to step in, while you guys are cowards. It's because if the threats of the likelihood of confrontation from a man to a man is a lot higher than interaction man to women. than a man to woman interaction and that comes with the actual threat on your life mm-hmm. and just your general well-being and health mm-hmm. so i've seen like i stepped in sometimes but i'm lucky that it hasn't gone left for me mm. um maybe it's just the situations just kind of balance out for me also i'm quite tall and big mm. but there may be times when there's somebody who's taller and bigger than me or somebody who just doesn't give a damn. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it could go left. So that's, it, it's quite a catch 22 because you're like, you're, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you, if you don't step in, the wrongdoing continues. But if you do step in, you have to pay the consequences. You can potentially pay the consequences of your actions because some people have stepped in. Like actually, I think even one time is actually quite ironic. I'm not going to tell that I was a full detail story, but uh, one of my closest friends, he had a barbecue many, many years ago. It was popping barbecue. This guy, um, so it was him and his sister's barbecue. Mm. So his sister um, brought some friends, but the majority of the barbecue was his friends in it. So mm. he's like two two years older than her. So one of, there was these two brothers, yeah, and they were the sister's friends. So one of my one of my guys, he's girl at the time, is also one of, a close friend of mine. She was walking past, and the guy was like, grabbed her to speak to her. And she's like, don't grab me. And he says something. I was like, I was like, yo, just like, yo, take time, like, relax, like, don't mm. be grabbing girls like that. Mm. I was like, what's wrong with him? So then I, I walked off and I came back. So I think maybe, he, maybe it was his boy next to him, or maybe he kind of clocked that around people that raw, like, man, just maybe look stupid all something. Mm. So then he must have come to, he stepped to me, and I was completely and utterly bamboozled because I was thinking, what's, what's wrong with him? And what's your mind? Like, I mean, I'm even thinking that how. You have the audacity to step to me because I stopped you from doing something wrong. So he was running after me. And in that situation, I'm thinking, 
this is my boy's mum's house. This is, this is my auntie's house. Like, yeah, yeah, it's so I was trying to calm down. And then he started getting a bit too amped. He goes, do you know where you are? This is Northwest London. I was thinking, this guy is so idiot. I live in Northwest London. This is my auntie's house. Mm. And every single man in this venue is my boy. So I'm thinking, this, do you know where you am? I'm thinking, I've, I can't happen. I'm thinking, I was like, do you know where you are? Like, then I started to get agitated. But then luckily, my, two of my friends like kind of pulled me away. Then... The my friends, the lady that I, inter- I interviewed on her behalf, her boyfriend at the time, who's my one of my closest friends, he caught with the situation. He came out, and then everything went, everything went, everything went left, everything, everything went left from there. But that's the consequence of jumping in, especially with men to men. Yeah, men the, to, yeah. The threat of physical violence and the actuality mm. of physical violence is so high. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like, how do you remedy the situation? It's, it's, it, the only it's, thing I can think of is de-escalation. Yeah. Because I'm not about to tell women to start doing MMA. I'm really not. It's not even realistic. Mm. I know, for example, my sister, she knows enough wrestling stuff because I've showed her a few things. Mm. But I don't expect a woman to now have to be like become combat specialist you get what i mean just to live a life life yeah like i think that's ridiculous i think to be honest we all just need to start de-escalating situations and also if you have the pressure of a group people are more likely to stand down purely because there are more voices telling you to stop yeah so i think if i am to witness something i'm gonna gather from i'm gonna gather strength from the majority of people not me as an individual yeah because if you have more voices telling you allow it leave it it's not that deep apologize de-escalate the situation the violence is going to go the 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 propensity or the possibility of violence is going to decrease as time goes on and also just the numbers game the person yeah yeah Yeah, 10 man might tap dance on my head so but in the in the heat of the moment it is difficult i can't lie to gauge the situation do i have the ability to deal with this yeah the competency yeah that's the reality can i stop this physical threat yeah you can call feds feds take like 10 minutes 15 minutes half an hour to come but this person's in danger at the end of the day i think it boils down to do you have the ability to at the at at least call feds if something's really kicking off but for the most part again me for example i have a lot of women in my life so if i see a stranger i need to make sure that I have the competency to support this person. Mm. If I don't, I'm going to call for help. Mm. That's the reality. Because I know if I intervene by myself and I don't have the ability to deal with it, I get exed. Mm. She's calm, but now there's five women that I've left behind. Yeah. So that's the, that's, I think that's one thing men wrestle with. Yes. Of course, there's definitely men who don't care, etc., so on and so forth. But I don't think that's the majority of men. Yeah, it's not. I think, for example, even if you think of people who commit crime, they exist in the vast minority. Extreme minority. Extreme minority. I remember it's, um, I think it's Brett Weinstein's wife, um, him and her, I forgot her name, apologies. They were on the Joe Rogan podcast. They're like um, um, evolutionary biologists, very, very bright people. And then she said something that was quite poignant for me. She was like, most women have been a victim Some of, form of harassment, sexual mm. sex harassment. Also, most men have never committed any form of sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. Both can be true. Mm-hmm. And both are true. 
And if you think about this, often when we see some cases come up maybe on TV, mm. um, on the news, or even in our immediate circles, mm-hmm. like it could be one guy, but he's a repeat offender. Yep. So one guy could unfortunately sexually arrest 20 women. And if you've got that small minority doing mad, mad, mad numbers, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, it can give the feeling that... A lot of men are doing this thing. the reality is the vast majority are not. Unfortunately, that small minority... Is having a large impact. Large impact. And it's like, now the question is, how do you combat that, it. combat that? I think what you've even highlighted, there's something called... I think I'm not sure if it's called the Pareto distribution or prices law, but essentially... It highlights how if you have a minor, if you have a large group of people within a company or a large group of people, like 50, 60 percent, the majority of the output is um, done, done by, by the, the minority. minority. Yeah, funny because that was said on my last, last, my last week on my podcast. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, yeah. So, for example, if you're thinking of men who are doing these crazy things, it's not, a, it's not a lot of men. It probably is a lot in comparison to the whole population because, well, if it's like a thousand men or 10,000 men, that's still a lot of people. Yes, way. But in comparison to the population, yeah. it's a very small percentage. But the output and the women who are affected is it's a lot. lot. It's very large, yeah. So, in terms of solutions? Yeah, even from, so yeah, solutions too. Like, that's why um, I always accuse me of being diversity merchants. Like, it's it's very difficult to, which is our conclusion point. It's actually nice. We, can't, we kind of um, organically re- um, gone onto this. Is it wise for us to push for blanket equality of outcomes between men and women? So equality of outcomes means that no matter the situation, we want to get equality. So whether it be you want to have men earning the same as women, I'm personally not for that. I don't give a toss if women out-earn men as long as it is merited. And there are women who do out-earn men. Yeah, yeah. 40% of um of married women in the USA out-earn their husbands. <laughs> and the US is much bigger than us. Yeah. So can you imagine what it's like in the UK? Um, what else was there? If you think of, I'm all for equality of opportunity, yeah. but then equality of opportunity will only maximise the personality traits that people have and Fact. only maximise their interests. You can't, the problem with you equality can't, you can't, of... You can't, in, you can't impact competence. You can't. You 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 can definitely train Nurture. people and to some degree it will change. You can't engineer competence. Yeah, you can't socially engineer competence. Same with IQ. You might increase it a little, but it won't increase massively. Um, if you think of, think of it this way. If you have equality of outcome, right? What you do is you remove incentive for reward. If you remove incentive for reward, you remove competition. If you remove competition- Give, 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 give a quick breakdown of what an equality of outcome situation looks like. And then, then give, give like a mini case study so it's clear for listeners. So for example, if you had a doctor that successfully did um, 10 surgeries and another doctor who did two successful surgeries they'd both get 100k and it's like hold on the output for one is significantly higher than the other yeah, the output but they're for, being uh, rewarded yeah most. so one person is getting, being, yeah. one person's getting 50k per surgery and the other one did we, did we say 10 and 2 yeah I said 10 and 2 another one's getting 10k per surgery so you're thinking hold on that, that removes the incentive for the doctor to outperform other people as this one always says incentives drives behavior exactly so for example if that incentive for reward is gone i don't need to work hard anymore if i just do two surgeries like the next man i will i won't train as hard and essentially what will happen is i'll get the same pay now 
if I was to get sick today and I now have to get go to Germany to get the best doctor, I don't want the doctor who hasn't trained. I want the most competent um, doctor to deal with my sickness. Facts. I want the guy who is the most successful, the guy who performs the most, the highest for his... As as far as my money can stretch, mm-hmm. you want the I'm, best. I'm, I'm want the best. I don't want the guy who only had two successful surgeries. I want the guy who had ten successful surgeries, more experience, more competence. So if you get equality of opportunity and you reward everyone the same, what happens is the output decreases, effort decreases, and you won't bring the excellence out of people. Facts. That's the reality. Think of. If a player at Leighton Orient Football Club gets paid the same as someone as Manchester United, are you joking? Football will collapse. Mm. If you think of bricklayers, one guy is building like a whole wall by himself and the other's just doing a patio and you just pay them the same. People are going to go mad. Someone else is working with 50 patients and another's working with 10 and they get paid the same. In fact, if you get equality of outcome, what you're doing is cheapening the work of the people who work even harder yeah, when they should be rewarded for producing more, more output. So yeah, so we, yeah, so it's interesting when people talk about fairness. Like, how is it fair to for somebody to have produced more to have the same as somebody? who's produced less. How is yeah. that fair? It's not fair. It's, 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 it's a simple transaction on transactional level. Nobody will set that in their lives. They will, nobody, like, it's the moment people actually realise and internalise that they're putting more into relationship than other person significantly, what happens? They check out or they move on. Facts. Do you know what I mean? And do you want a society where people are made to be the same or one where people make free choice to be where they are and then they put themselves in situations where they're enabled to flourish yeah, and act. Don't get twisted. We're not saying society is fair. It's not fair. There but are definitely injustices. There are definitely injustices, inequities in society. But the solution is definitely not not equality yeah. of outcome because um, it will just you'll just get the same thing on a worse scale. And one thing I have, we didn't really touch on. Um, I tweeted loads of these statistics quite interesting. The power of um, women consumption. Yes. So and it's it's quite interesting because if um, what is it's like eighty percent of consumption is, is a, by women. Is by women. Eighty percent. So women create the demand. Who meets the supply? Men. That's another gender disparity. If you talk of technology, majority of it is made by men. Science, men. If you think of engineering, infrastructure, roads, food, agriculture, for, right? Men, men primarily exist in these job sectors. Who's buying these things? Primarily women. They, in the US, at least. Yeah. No, that's the same for the UK. So even stuff that's like, the same for the UK. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, rough, roughly around that same. So thing. that's where the gender disparity would exist. Yeah. In the UK, in terms of supply and demand, then. Yeah, because yeah, even when you think about it, when you look at the people who are supplying, like literally from Deliveroo drivers, Uber Eats drivers. Um, Truck drivers for just taking gas up and down the country. Mm-hmm. Um, if your you said as your if your boiler's broken on Christmas Day, who you call in is is more than likely nine times nine nine point nine times ten is going to be a man. And you and, and it's important. You raised this is off off air stuff. You're bringing to air. You were talking about how these tend to be the lower status status men status men in society. And it's quite interesting because these because of the rise of technology and they're these, more manual laborers. Yeah, these are more manual labor, lower skilled. Women tend to be higher skilled because as I said before, remember IQ is just higher. Higher average, average IQ. Women are more likely to go to university than men. 
we've seen in GCSEs and stuff like that, the women tend to score higher scores in to, academically. You're going to see more men in more lower skilled manual labor jobs. And also they, they've got the physicality to handle these things. Mm. And also they're more likely to engage in dangerous jobs. Obviously, obviously they chase higher status, the desire for money is more, and also their bodies can handle it. With the increase in technology, these manual labor jobs are being phased out. So these these markets, these labor markets for men are strengthening. Lower status men. Yeah, yeah lower state, lower state, yeah, 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 low IQ men are strengthening. So this is quite an interesting aspect. And I was watching some documentary on BBC called The Forgotten Men of Britain. Mm. It's looking at people in the North, like Manchester and stuff, like, and these aren't, people talk about diversity, these are straight white British men. They are suffering, like, proper suffering because their jobs are gone. Like, their opportunities are gone. Factories, coal, um, mining, even our Tesco um, outlets are going, not outlets, sorry, self-service, mm. checkouts. Machines are picking fruit in the field now. Yeah. Crops. It's all going. Yeah. So, you're, that's, that's, that's another thing in society. We've even got dr- delivery drones in America that have started. Yeah, that's nuts. If that comes to the UK, it's peak. you will order something and a robot will bring it to our back garden or our front door. Not a, not a guy. A robot. a robot. So for me, that's like, okay, all well and good. What happens to the low status men? I wonder. And that's not to say there aren't low status women. Yeah. But there's a lot more low status men are unemployed. Male unemployment is higher than women's life. Yeah. Yeah, so you, um, you see in figures that there's a slight uptick in terms of male, male unemployment to female unemployment. But I'm sure if you look at certain regions that might be high, but that's something I'll probably talk about that on my unemployment podcast when I do the next update. But it's important um, discussing, you said the lower status males and you talk about how they their jobs are now being outsourced to robots. Uh, to, to robots and stuff like that, or even sometimes just to other, other countries, period. Um, and when you also look at the societal impact of this, that's where you get the crime disparity as well. Not only you get the the lack of agreeableness, the more um, aggression, you also get the fact that you need to somehow sustain some form of life. So you're more likely to get involved in crime. That's why you see 80,000 compared to 3,000. Mm. And then... Oh, yeah, with regards to the prison population. Yes, exactly. Yep. And then so it's interesting... That's like 20 times more, isn't it? Yeah, more than 20 times. More than 20 times yeah. likely for a man to be in prison than a woman. Yeah, yeah that's mad. Yeah. So, and that's for convicted. Yeah, not convicted to talk, not about, to talk about, about the ones that are going on that we don't know about. Exactly. And you know there's more people committing crime than there are people being convicted of, of crime. Yeah, so, yeah, it's... I find this stuff very interesting. Mm. Oh, police population, 120K. I wonder how many people police are men compared to women. Because that's them throwing themselves into danger, essentially, isn't it? Do you know what's interesting, though? Every police officer... No, I've had four police officers. Only one was a man. Three were women. Was it? Yeah. So, but they... Two have left. (laughs) Two have left. Her and her and her partner left. That was a guy. One was a guy, but he stayed. But he had um, PTSD type symptoms. And then the woman that I'm working with now, she's just like, yeah, that this is this everything. Every day I'm in a crazy situation type thing. Yeah, it's more. There's a way more um, male police officers than women. Um, as 
so according, according to the government that's the disagreeableness showing yeah, right there as of 2015 there's 28.2% of um, more men than women no I mean 20, 28% of the of the workforce are women so oh of the police yeah. workforce oh okay so about one third yeah interesting less okay. than a third yeah, yeah. less than a third well, yeah. Yeah. 33% yeah, okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. just yeah. under a third yeah wow. alright cool so what, what you said you wanted to conclude on a positive note if women want to excel in male-dominated fields, get assertiveness training. By all means, get it. Because what will enable you to do is not be apprehensive when you get in high-stress situations. You will actually assert yourself. And and I'm not saying this because there aren't assertive women. I'm literally saying this because if you're going to compete against men, probably the most important personality trait for you to nurture would be to become more assertive. More assertive and to literally be like, this is what I want. I'm not taking no for an answer. My work so far has demonstrated X, Y, Z, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I am competent enough to deal with any man you put in front of me. Do you get what I mean? And if you're able to assert yourself and appear, you know, confident and aggressive enough, you'll be respected and they'll take you on. But if you're passive and then you, they get an aggressive man in that same position in that interview, they're going to take him because when it comes to doing the job, you'll need the same assertiveness you demonstrated in the interview to do the role. And so what about, what would you, what advice do you give on the flip side for, so for um, a male listener who wants to um, succeed in a more female dominant uh, environment? He has to essentially be more aware of people's emotions. Mm. Uh, they feel, so for example, I don't know how the heck I got into psychology, yeah. but I work with people all the time. Yeah. Cause it's funny. Cause it's um, tying this back to, um, I, put the 16 personality test on my Twitter. I've got over probably like 200 responses so far. Mm. And just looking, yours was um, just- Logistician. Yeah. And I was just like flipping heck. Yeah, like is... pure facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then even when I was looking at, um, that's the Myers-Briggs type test that you did. The, um, the one so. that you did, the one that you showed on your Twitter. And also when we did the big five personality trait test, my disagreeableness is like, I remember we posted in a group, my neuroticism was four out of 10. So I'm less prone to distress, but I'm also a lot less emotional. And when I looked at my disagreeableness, it was in the last standard deviation, but I think it was above 10. It was at 14 out of 100. I think you have to ask, like for me, the way I manage it is, I need to, I ask people a lot of questions, but my job allows me to do that. Yeah. So I can ascertain how people are really feeling. So I guess if you're someone who's low in agreeableness and you wanna, let's say work um, relationships and interpersonal relationships, so romantic and friendships, and people don't express themselves around you because you're more aggressive, you wanna, of course, first apologize. Yeah. And you also wanna say, this is something I'm working on and you want to exercise more patience. And if you do notice yourself being too forceful with people, also encourage them to speak their mind around you. If you're like very, very assertive and like- That's what I try to do. And you're, and you come across very confident and people tend to quiet themselves around you as a male, then you need to essentially ask people, am I making you uncomfortable? If I, if I am, I apologize. If, because part of disagreeableness is if you're higher in it, people tend to like you less. So you need to be, that's one of the negative aspects of it. You need to be mindful of how you impact people around you. Um, 
but men possess it more. But of course there are women, but it's a more male trait. So again, that's one of the cons of being more disagreeable. I guess if you're thinking of a relationship, right, and your partner is agreeable, she might not express herself that much because she will just do whatever you want to do. And she might not even know what she wants to do. Or she might even secretly resent you because you mm, never words. take time to listen to her. So Big you facts. wanna so you wanna make sure you ask her and you give you encourage her and you give her that space to talk as well. And if she is quiet, just say you're here to listen and don't always assert yourself over her all the time. In terms of friendships, make sure you're the last to speak then. Because if you're disagreeable, you'll be like, This is what I want. And even if you ask someone and they don't give you a response keep encouraging them until they do. I don't mean there and then on the spot, but I mean when other situations occur and don't lambast them for not expressing themselves. You have to give people time to be more comfortable to talk around you before they talk. Because if you've seen someone is just constantly like, this is what I want it, I want it now. I'm not taking no for an answer. It's gonna make people apprehensive when they're dealing with you in interpersonal relationships. Word. So you want to be slower which is a mad thing to say, but you want to take your time before you just assert yourself over everyone. So, yeah. Oh, it's funny. Before we go, it's funny because when I look at the responses, when I look at the disparity in terms of like male and female responses, I saw more of the traits that we've been discussing. I saw mm. more commanders on the male side. Side, yeah, yeah. Oh, like um, Golden Boy Leo, innit? Yeah, shout Leo. <laughs> Big, big, big. Come on, I was like, bro, I was a dictator, you know. 99% to one, I was like, bro. I was like, moving like a goggle. <laughs> we were like, Stalin and them. Uh, yeah, um, but yeah, man, where can we find you if we want to, do you want people to find you to discuss? Yeah, yeah, discuss with me. Show me empirical research. Show me self-reported questionnaires. I'm all up for discussing. So what's your Twitter? Oh, my Twitter is Maximum V-A-N-D. Okay, cool. Well, bro. So you can shout me. Thanks for coming on. I've actually enjoyed this quite yeah. a lot. This has been a good one. I'm looking. I'm probably looking forward to see what people say about this. Yeah. So am I. I want to see what happens. Yeah. And if you're gonna at me, don't come on a routine, please, because I'll just air you. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're gonna at me, and you want me to expand on something, I'll just produce the article. Then you can get back to me, and I'll be more than willing to discuss. But if you come on an amp thing, I'll just be like. I haven't got the energy and I already speak to almost 40 people a week so you probably won't get a response from me if you're moving mad yeah well, <laughs> people like like if you come to amp to me thing to me fine I'll just laugh <laughs> <laughs> that would literally be it yeah but yeah <laughs> listeners thank you make sure you subscribe on Dissonomics podcast what am I talking about make sure you subscribe on Apple podcast give me a nice review over 300 of you have given me reviews I'm very very thankful for that also, I'm on Spotify. I forgot, I should be saying this more often. I'm on Spotify, so for you Android users or those who actually just listen to music on Spotify, period, it's a lot easier for you to switch it between your music and my podcast, just search Dissonomics. And of course, Maz on SoundCloud, you get me? Anyway, hope to, hope to see some of you lot at the live show. And Daryl, thank you for joining me. Calm, bro. And have a nice day, people. Podcast Network.